thing that we need to understand that I think that God is trying to get our attention about numbers of things. Uh, a few weeks ago, I was preaching about invasion and transformation. And then Lawrence preached last week about having our head in the clouds. And, and again, I think that the Spirit of God is trying to just get into our heads and, and, and affect the way we're thinking as individuals about our own life and also as a community. And I, uh, I've had a good reason to re-engage with the scripture that I'm going to read to you in just a moment. Um, I say re-engage because it has been a very significant scripture in my life. In fact, uh, back in uh, 1983, downstairs in what we now call the overflow room that was once called the minor hall, I, on a Tuesday night, I um, was baptized here. Uh, I actually was so raw and so fresh in the faith, I had absolutely no idea what I was doing. I know that's not a good confession, but everyone was saying, you need to get baptized, you need to get, get baptized. And I have to say, I've learned more about baptism since than I did. Thankfully, those things have changed now because we make sure that everyone knows who is baptized here. They get to know what it's about before they go in. But you know what? This is back in the day. You know, back in the day, we did things a little bit different. And, uh, and so... I, 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 was, I was baptized there, and this was, the, this was the scripture that was spoken over me at my baptism, and has been a key scripture in my life and through my Christian walk. And uh, the scriptures from Joshua 1, first few verses of Joshua 1, and allow me to read this to you. After the death of Moses... The servant of the Lord. The Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then you and all these people get ready to cross the river Jordan into the land I'm about to give them, to the Israelites. And I will give you every place where you set your foot as, a, as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon and from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was, sorry, as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people. To inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left. That you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. 
a massive challenge. Great scripture, by the way. I think for some people I've preached already. That is, that is what you came to church to hear. Amen? Are you, are you, are you alive? Are you alive this morning? Look, I know, it's, I know it's August. I know it's warm. I know we're in a little bit of holiday mood. But you know what? That's, I, it just, it's real, real encouragement to you if I know the people I'm talking to are alive. Just turn to the person next to you and ask them if they're alive. If you don't get an answer, call over a host because someone's in trouble. See, what I want to draw our attention to is that, that, that Joshua's not a boy here. He's not a boy. He's not a young man. He's a man. He's, he's proved himself. He's, he's proved that he's a man of God. He's proved that he trusts God. That's, that's the only reason he's there right now. Because as we'll hear in a moment, oh, generation has died off in the wilderness. But Joshua and Caleb, they didn't because they were men who could make the transition. They were, a man, they were men of faith who proved that they could trust the Lord. And yet God sees fit to get Joshua's attention. And, and, and he reminds Joshua, son of none, hey, you're not your father's son anymore. You're not Moses' assistant anymore. Moses is dead. I, you know what? God, God is not sentimental. Moses, my servant, is dead. It's over. You know, he's done a great job. He's now with me. Joshua, now it's your turn. You're not your father's son. You're not Moses' assistant. You are Joshua. You are my man. You are stepping up. I want you to rise up to your full height and become the leader that I have called you to be. I am calling you out of the shadows. Turn to someone and say, God is calling you out of the shadows. It's a, it's a vulnerable place. It's, 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 you know, a lot, of us, a lot of us aspire to be, to be leaders, but to be, to be a leader, to be a great leader is a vulnerable place. It, it is a lonely walk. It's a challenging walk. And you've, you've got to know it. You, you can't afford to be holding back. And, and this is basically God's pep talk. He's speaking confidence into the heart and the soul of who Joshua is and say, man, if this is going to work, you're going to have to step up to the plate. Thank God Joshua was listening. God wanted Joshua to embrace the next level. Going to have to think in a different way, Joshua. You're going to have to think differently. See, a lot of us... And we've talked about that, haven't we? We've talked about thinking differently. We've, we've talked about um, uh, not allowing old thought patterns and old processes, thought processes to, to hold us back. But, but I think many of us can respond better to that when we think about it like before we were saved and after we were saved. Because I can say, yeah, sure, you know, before I knew Jesus, there's lots of stuff that needed to change. There's lots of thought, thinking that needed to change. That's easy to go with. What can be more challenging is that when Jesus turns up and challenges thought processes that we've adopted since we got saved. So I, I, I used to think this way. It's not, this is not about good and bad. 
Some of us, we, 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 we lock ourselves out of a revelation because we, you're saying, are you saying that, that the way I thought is bad? No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying that the way you thought was potentially relevant to where you were. God, God is challenging Joshua to say, man, you know, obviously you've, you've thought, you've thought a, a certain way to get you to here. But if you are going to do what I want you to do, you're going to have to think differently. We are going to have to think differently. If we're, if we're going to step into what God has got for us, we're going to have to think differently. The way we have thought has got us to here. But the problem with that is that, that if we keep thinking this way, we're just going to stay here. But if we're going to step into what God has got for us, we're going to have to think differently. God encourages Joshua, though, by saying to him, but don't worry, man, I'm going to be with you. You know what? It's a great thing to know that God is with you. Because God, God isn't just with us, He's in us. Our God is in us, but He is with us. Emmanuel, God with us. God is the source of my strength. God, God commands Joshua to be strong. But he said, don't worry, I'm going to be with you. So that's how you know you're going to be able to be strong. Because I, I, I am the one who walked with Moses. And the one who walked with Moses is going to walk with you. And you saw how I helped Moses so you can know that I can help you. God is going to help you. God will be your strength. God will, will be your guide. God will be your provider. God will be your healer. God will be your way maker. God is with you. It's not just that, it's not just that I'd like God to be. Some of us, we, we, we get confused because we think that, that uh, in order for me to know that God is with me, then you know what? I've got to feel like He's with me. My God, if I had only relied on the times when I felt like God was with me. You know, sometimes it's amazing. Sometimes you just know it. It's cool. You know, you just sense the presence of God. You, you sense His peace. You, 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 you know he's, he's with you. And then there are other times, quite a lot of times, if I'm being honest, where you've got to walk, but you've got to just trust, knowing that He's with me because he said he was with me, not because I feel like he's with me. Are you with me? Doesn't rely, God's presence is not dependent on what I feel. I just know I lift up my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He is my helper. See, when we talk about doing great things for God, we can often be confused because we, we put it all in God's court. I want to say to us that I think God puts it a lot more in our court than we think. Because he commanded Joshua, be strong, be courageous. If we're going to embrace the promises of God, then we are going to have to 
be strong and courageous. That, that is my responsibility. That is your responsibility. It's going to take strength to take hold of what God has got for us. Strength is about physical power and energy, but it's also about capacity to withstand great force or pressure. Every walk of faith requires strength and courage. See, I'm a a man who believes in the prophetic. I believe in prophetic words. I believe that God speaks to his people. I believe this is a prophetic house. But as much as I believe in that, I do believe that sometimes we can be paralyzed by the prophetic. Because we receive a word and then we sit back and say, okay, Lord, I thank you for that word. And when you're ready to bring that to pass, I'm excited. I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be amazing. God is going to be amazing when it happens. Not many of us understand that if we're going to see God fulfill his prophetic word in our lives, then we need to ready ourselves. We need to to stand up and say, you know what? I'm going to step into that. I'm going to position myself. If I'm going to, God is challenging Joshua. Joshua, I want you to step into something. I want you to move. I want you to believe me. He says, every place you put your foot, I will give it to you. He didn't tell Joshua, I'm going to show you where to put your foot. He said, just wherever you put your foot, wherever you can believe to go, I'm going to open it up to you. My God, I I just don't know whether people can get this I, I, because I really, I really want us to understand because I think this is one of the things that has really disempowered us as a Christian, as Christian community. It has really disempowered us as followers of Christ because we're sat back waiting for God. And he said to Joshua, rise up Joshua, wherever you put your foot, get up, do something. Go somewhere, and while you're going, I'm going to give it to you. See, I, I, he commanded him to be, be strong. He commanded him to be courageous. And, and, and a lot of us, we're waiting for the feeling of courage. We're waiting for the feeling of strength before we do something. But my experience is that, that I've, got to, I've got to step into it. If God's told me to do it, I've just got to do it. He says, don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged. Can you walk with boldness and courage when you're feeling afraid and discouraged? God, that, that's, what, that's the kind of caliber of man. That's the kind of caliber of woman. That God is looking for. I don't, know, I don't know who God sent me to talk to today, but I'm here talking to someone. God is looking for that caliber of person who's going to rise up and say, you know what? Right now, the truth is, I feel afraid. The right now, I've got every reason to feel discouraged. But God, because you said, I'm going to walk and I'm going to believe. 
And I'm going to trust you that you're going to open the door, that you're going to open the doorway of provision. That's, that's the kind of man that, that Joshua is being challenged to be. That's the kind of person that you are being challenged to be. That's why I don't need a prophetic word to walk up and down this country and believe that cities can be mine because God has promised me that wherever I put my foot, in the name of Jesus, God will open the door. God will open door to that community. God will open doors to that city because God will be God. We just need to give him opportunity to be God. Too many of us sit back and say, oh, Lord, hallelujah, Lord, you'll show me, Lord. In your good time, oh, God, you will show me, and I'm ready, Lord, when you show me. And, and meanwhile, we're just sat doing nothing. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with praying, but my God, there comes a time when you've got to stop praying and get up and do something. Or at least pray while you're walking. I mean, I, I pray like that anyway. I'm not someone who can stay in one spot. If I'm praying, I'm pacing. I'm like a, a caged lion. You can't, you can't hold me down. I'm pacing up and down. That's just the way I am. That's my nature. But sometimes you just got to get out of the room and, and act like you believe that God is a, a God who answers prayer. Turn to someone and say, he's talking to you. See, God gives Joshua some real keys. Because it's not about, you know, it's, it's, all, it's like, you know, it's all good preaching stuff. It's good preaching stuff about, you know, be strong and be courageous. And yeah, yeah, it's amazing. Be strong, be courageous. But it's a, it's a, whole, it's a whole different world when you've actually got to be strong. You've actually got to be courageous. But Joshua is given some very real keys. And, and, and the keys that he has given is to do with the way that he thinks and the way that he speaks. See, God says to him, keep my words in your mind and on your lips. Keep my words in your mind and on your lips. Keep my words in your mind and on your lips. See, the problem with too many of us is that we listen to ourselves and speak out what we've heard ourselves say. But God is not saying, listen to yourself and speak out what you've heard yourself say. He's saying, listen to God and speak out what you heard Him say. Because when I listen to God and when I speak out what He said, there is power in that. This is not about me just trying to be stronger and trying to be bolder and just gritting my teeth. I'm just trying my best. I'm, I'm doing my best. I'm, I'm doing, what, God's not asking you to do that. There are limits to all our strength. It doesn't matter how strong you are, there's limits to it. It doesn't matter how, how talented you are, there are limits to your talent. What matters is that, that you understand it's not my strength, it's His strength in me. God is giving Him the keys to be strong and courageous. Watch what you think and watch what you say. Stop listening to you. Start listening to God. Stop confessing what you think. Start confessing what God thinks. And when you do that, it will influence the way you feel about you and it will influence what you feel able to do. 
You've heard it before. It's like stop God, telling God about the mountain and start telling the mountain about God. God wants us to, to influence our circumstances, influence our lives. But, but so many of us are so caught up with speaking about what is, we forget to proclaim and prophesy what could be. Some of us need to speak to our future. You need to speak to yourself. Because God's trying to get you to think in a different way. He said, he, said to, he said to Joshua, meditate on the word. He said, this is, the, this is the key to success. If you want prosperity, if you want success, then you need to get this, Joshua. It's when you think about my word and when you confess my word that you will find yourself having the ability to see prosperity and success unleashed in your life. If I could do that, I would have got there already. But I need to, I need to think in a different way. Even the, the, the word meditate there, if you need to understand, because a lot of us go to like what the Eastern religions would teach to, teachers about meditation and you just think of yourself in the lotus position and, you know, that's, that's not the kind of meditation that God is talking about. That, that, that medi- God, some pe- other people have hijacked meditation. God, meditation is what God has always said it was. This, this was around long before any of that stuff. This is godly meditation. And the, 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 this, this word here, this concept of meditation is actually to mutter. So you don't just think it. It's not about emptying your mind. It's filling your mind with the word of God and speaking it. The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I shall not. I shall not want. It's, 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 speaking, it's speaking the word. I'm muttering it to yourself because something happens as I think it and as I speak it. Joshua has to think in a different way. He has to act in a different way because Joshua has seen a generation die off in the wilderness. He along with Caleb, was saved. But, but a generation died off in the wilderness. And, 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 and God is saying, look, this is the power, that the way th- this is the power of thinking and the power of words that, 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 that it has on your life. You need, to, you need to think in a different way. You see, you're talking, about, you're talking about people who'd been slaves and brought up around slaves. So, they were taught just by being around people what slavery was. You didn't even have to have been a slave. You could have been born, born in the wilderness, never experienced slavery, but you would think like a slave because you hung around with people who thought like slaves because that's all they'd known for generations. It's like I was, I was saying, you know, my, my wife, my wife was born in Nottingham and she was born uh, in, she was uh, born uh, here. Her parents were born in the West Indies. Just like me, she was born in Nottingham. Just like me, she was born in the UK. But she had a different experience. Why? Because her parents were from Jamaica. So home was more like Jamaica. Because 
The parents came from another land. They thought in a different way. You can relate, you can relate if, if you're uh, from a, another African nation or whatever, you, you can get, they, she, so she didn't eat the food I ate. She ate rice and peas and chicken and ting and ting. Thousand dumplings set before me, chunk of pork and gungu soup may have right, aki salt fish washed down with coconut oil. Yes, that's what I'm talking about. Yes, my brethren. So, seems I may have also been influenced by another land. So she was, so she was born in England. And, 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 and she was born in this city, but her experience... So many of you can relate to what I'm saying. It's completely different because they, 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 she was influenced by a land she'd never visit. We actually did go for our 30th wedding anniversary to Jamaica and climbed uh, Duns, River, Duns River Falls together. But, but the, 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 the fact is that long before she went there, she'd been influenced by that land, even though she'd never been. It was true. It was true of these, these people. They had... They had never, they'd never been in Egypt. They'd never been a slave, but they were influenced by the thinking because their parents had been there. You know, it's like, I, this, this is the kind of stuff that God has to undo in us all the time. The stuff, we do them, we don't even know why we do it. You know, I was saying, some of you have heard this story before, but it's just a really good illustration that, you know, I would, you, like, you know, you can take the man you can take the man out of Bullwell. God bless Bullwell. We're coming for you. We're coming for you in Jesus' name. But you can take the man out of Bullwell. But you know what? It takes time to get Bullwell out of the man. Now, I was brought up in a home where, where we had no bathroom. Uh, well, uh, in, my, in my early years, my very early years. But we had no bathroom. And we had the bathroom in the kitchen. And, and, and we used to put a piece of wood... On the, on the bath, and that became a work surface. Some of you are thinking, what in earth is going on? But this is absolutely true. Now, we, when, we, when, we were, uh, when I was about five years of age, we, we, we moved uh, to a, a nice new council house. And, uh, and actually, we had a bathroom. In this council house, we had a bathroom and a separate toilet. It was cool. It was all good. The toilet wasn't outside anymore. It was all good. But, but the thing is this. You see, when... When I was getting up to five years of age, we, I only had a bath once a week because you know why? You had to dismantle the kitchen every time you wanted a bath. You had to clear the work surfaces. You had to take the wood out. You had to fill the bath. And, and it, was, it, was a bit, it was a bit of a big deal. So, you know, um, the, the, back then you just had a, you had a, a bath once a week. Everyone think you're nasty. No, I don't know. That's what, that was just the way my, my mom... My mom uh, brought me you know we had a, we had a strip wash I feel like I've got to go into so much detail and justify now it's all right we were, I was washing but just in the bath so but when the, the interesting thing is when we got to the new council house we had a a bathroom there the bath was there but we still only bath once a week why because that is what we'd always done and now the opportunity was different, but we, we dragged our old habits into our new environment. So we behaved like our bath was still in the kitchen, even though 
We had our own bathroom. You hear what I'm saying? So, so God is trying to get us to deal with some of that stuff. That we're just doing things because we've always done them, but actually we don't have to do them because he's given us something new to operate in. The reality was that God had taken them out of Egypt, but Egypt was still in them. And their biggest hindrance to entering the promised land was not the giants, but their own thinking. They described it themselves. We'll read it in a moment. Grass, hopper, thinking. Watch this. Numbers 13, verses 30 to 33. Then Caleb silenced the people before Moses and said, we should go up and take possession of the land, for we can certainly do it. See, that's what I'm talking about. He, he got hold of what God was saying and he spoke it out. But the men who had gone with him said, we can't attack these people. They are stronger than we are. And they spread among the Israelites a bad report. You see how powerful the wrong confession is. They spread among the Israelites a bad report about the land they, ex ex they had explored. And they said, the land we explored devours those living in it. All the people we saw there are of great size. We saw the Nephilim, the, the descendants of Anak, come from the Nephilim. And we seemed like, we, watch this. We seemed like grasshoppers in our own eyes. And we looked the same to them. You see, if you seem like a grasshopper in your own eyes, you will always think that's how other people see you. I want to say that again because I preached just there. If you look like a grasshopper in your own eyes, small, insignificant, powerless, you will always think that's how other people see you. And slavery produces grasshopper thinking. These are, a, this is a, these are a people who had been enslaved or in the wilderness. Their environment had taught them to think small. And I want you to know that what we're on with is exactly the opposite of that. We are about creating environments that help people to think big. Not, not only to do with church things, but to do with life. We, we are about creating environments that will teach people to think big and deliver them from grasshopper thinking. You see, slavery mentality will tell you what's the point of dreaming. What's the point of dreaming? You know why? Because you're only going to get disappointed anyway. The devil is a liar. That's the enemy trying to shut us down and stop us being what God has called us to be because, because God wants us to dream because God is not a God of disappointment. But we need to start thinking in a different way. We need to stop focusing on how small we are and how significant we are. And we need to start rising up to, to our full height and say, you know what? My God is with me. And my God will make a way. I don't know what happened to my mom. And I don't know what happened to my dad. And I don't know what happened to my uncle and my auntie and my grandparents. But all I know is it's different now. And God has got hold of me. And I don't know about my history I just know that God is rewriting my story and I'm going to see something different I'm going to see something that the previous generations had never seen I'm going to see what the previous generations talked about I'm going to experience it I'm going to see it with my own 
eyes. That's what Lawrence was talking about last week. We need to get our head in the clouds. We need to get across. Our greatest journey is to get across the planes of our own impossibility thinking. God is looking for possibility thinkers. God is looking for those people like Caleb and Joshua and say, you know what? There may be giants in the land, but we can certainly do it. There may be issues, there may be problems, but we can certainly do it. Because my God is the God who will conquer the unconquerable and move the immovable. We are going to speak to those mountains and see them cast into the sea. I've run out of time, but you know, the reality is that, that, that if we're going to see those great things, you've got to be ready. You've got to be ready to fight for your promises. You've got to be ready to fight for your family. Don't think for one minute it's going to be, it's going to be easy because your, your biggest battles are not out there. Your biggest battles are within yourself. I, I want to say, I, I'm going to freak some of you out right now. I think some of you, your, your biggest enemy is not the devil. Your biggest enemy is your own mind and your own confession. That's your biggest enemy. You you make it easy for the devil. He doesn't even have to attack you because you're so busy attacking yourself. God wants us to think in a different way and speak in a different way. And that's what, that's Joshua had to go to the Jordan and he had to go to the Jericho, had to go to Jericho because God was trying to teach him, man, you need to go through something so that you understand that I am God. Because you need to understand, this is not just about talking a good game. This is not just about talking the right thing. I'm going to take you through some things where you can prove me. So I'm going to take you through a Jordan. I'm going to get you to cross a Jordan when you shouldn't even be able to cross, when it's in flood. And I'm going to prove to you, like I proved to your father Moses, that I can separate those waters and you're going to come out the other side. But when you get out the other side, I will have shown you what I did for Moses. I separated the sea for Moses and I separated the, the, the river for you, the river Jordan for you, Joshua. But you know what? I'm going to show you that I'm not just going to do what you're not just going to do what Moses did. I'm going to show you that I'm not only the God who can split the sea, I am the God who can split rock. And I'm going to get you to walk around a city. I'm going to get you to walk around a city with walls are so thick that you could drive a chariot around. And you're going to walk around a city and when you've walked around that for seven days and on the seventh day you've walked around it seven times, I'm going to get you to let rip a roar that will, a deafening roar that will cause those rocks to split and those walls will come tumbling down. Those walls that have resisted you and held you back and stopped you becoming what what God intended you to be. You stand between you and your destiny. Can you believe it? That God is going to put something inside of you that will cause those walls to come tumbling down. The walls are coming down. The walls are coming down. Those walls in your mind. Those walls in your health. Those walls in your finances, those walls in your job, those walls in your family, those walls in your marriage, those walls with your son, those walls with your daughter. My God, He is bringing the walls down. He is bringing the walls down. Will you trust Him? Will you believe Him? In the name of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. 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 
I want to do two things before I hand back to Tando. My time's gone, but I want to, I want to speak to two groups of people. And maybe you want to stay standing or whether you want to stand, but I want to speak. Joshua stood there while God spoke to him and God spoke confidence into his spirit. If you're here today and you feel you've lost your confidence, I believe the Spirit of God is here to speak confidence into your spirit here today. I believe, I believe that some people need to, they need to find that confidence because God wants you to. God wants you to walk in a different way. He wants you to talk in a different way. He wants you to see that some of those things that you've dreamed about, you've laid them down. And the second area that I believe that God wants you to, to stand for is if there are walls in your life that need to come down. I don't know what they are. You know, whatever, it's, whatever the Spirit of God says they are. But you know what? You need to stand right now. If, if, if you fit in any of those areas, either you're lost, a loss of confidence in yourself or in God, or you need to see some walls come tumbling down, I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray in the name of Jesus. And you need to understand that God is going to take us through. The key word here is through. He's through. Don't get, don't get off the train. Don't get off the train while it's between stations. Don't get, don't get off the train before it's time. God is going to get you to your intended destination. God is going to get you to your intended destination. Just hold on. Hold on. Hold on in the name of Jesus. Father, by the power of your Spirit, I speak into the spirits of these men and women in the name of Jesus. I speak, Lord, where, where, where their own natural mind might get in the way. Father, I pray that you will, you will bypass their natural mind and you will sow a seed in their spirit that will work out where they've been restricted by mindsets, where they've been restricted by wrong confession, where they've been restricted by the Jordans and the Jerichos that surround them. But God, in Jesus' name, I prophesy that as they do what God asks them to do, they will see breakthrough for them for their family, for their generation like never before. They will take hold of the promises. They will take hold of the prophecies in the name of Jesus. My God, the break, I rebuke the devil and all his works. I rebuke everything to do with limitation. I rebuke everything to do with sickness. I rebuke everything to do with mental illness. I rebuke depression. I rebuke discouragement. I rebuke everything, everything that would hold back the children of God. And I speak freedom. I speak liberty. I speak joy. I speak prosperity. I speak success. I speak fulfillment. I speak breakthrough. I speak a new day. I say the winter is over. I say spring has come. The barren is gone. Fruit, the fruit has come. Break death has gone. Life has come. Oh my God, if you believe it, give the Lord a roar of praise.